0: Welcome to Book Rising, a podcast by the Radical Books Collective. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Gregory Carroll, and I will be your host today on the Book Rising podcast at the Radical Books Collective. Uh, this episode is part of a wonderful series called Trailblazing African Feminists. It is my honor and pleasure today to welcome Leonora Miano joining us from Lomé, I believe. Uh, Leonora, welcome. Um, well, uh, th- thank you to, to, for having me. Uh, I'm
1: surprised I didn't know I was a trailblazing feminist. That's that's why I I'm stuttering
0: a bit. <laughs> well, we can we can <laughs> we can discuss. <laughs> So the second volume of your novel, Twilight of Torment, is soon to be released by Seagull Books, an independent press in India who have also published some of your other works. Uh, You also edit a provocative series for them uh, titled Kilombola, which we will speak about as well. For those who may not be familiar with your prolific body of work, allow me a few words. Uh, You are the author of 16 books, if I count it correctly, uh, winner of such prestigious awards as the Goncourt des Lycéens, Grand Prix Littéraire d'Afrique Noire, uh, Prix Fémina, Grand Prix du Roman Métis, uh, both of of these uh, for Season of the Shadow, which was also translated into English by Seagull Books. You've published novels, but also short story collections, written for the stage, and published essays as well. Uh, Since the publication of your first novel, L'Intérieur de la Nuit, uh, once translated as uh, Dark Heart of the Night uh, in English, uh, you have become an important literary and media figure in Cameroon, where you were born, and in France as well, and around the, the French-speaking world. Um, I'd like to start at the beginning, uh, so to speak, or maybe uh, one of the beginnings. I know you, uh, you're sometimes uh, wary of origin stories. Uh, you were born in Cameroon and came to France in the 1990s, where you attended university. Uh, you published your first novel in 2005. Uh, could you give us a sense of how you grew into becoming an author?
1: Oh, I don't know if I grew uh, in becoming an author. I started writing when I was eight. And it was never my intention to become an author. I wanted, to, I wanted, and I still want to be a singer, actually. Um, I became a writer just because I, um, I was full of... Uh, How do you call it? Neurosis. In French, we say nevrose. Uh, So it's my uh, inner turmoil that made me a writer. I first started to write to uh, heal myself and to try to remain alive as a, um, you know, a um, sane individual. That's what I did first. So it was never about... Achieving a career as a writer—it just happened.
0: There can be quite quite a you know a lot of space between uh, neuroses and, and and getting published, though. Uh, and you know, uh, I mean, go g- Well,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I I can see where you're getting at. Um, since writing uh, was taking so much uh, a place in my life. I uh, figured that it would it would uh, acquire meaning only if it was shared, so I had to share it. But in the meantime, I was struggling to become a you know a singer, and I, I was very serious about it. So I I, I did not rush into uh, signing a contract uh, with a publisher because it wasn't my goal really. So it took time. Uh, I, I didn't release a first novel until I was 30, more than 30, actually. So, I, uh, you know, that's how it happened.
0: Did your, your practice as a singer involve writing lyrics then? Yes, of course,
1: mm-hmm. always.
0: Do you, do you still sing?
1: Yes, I do. But I'm not a famous singer. You would know. You would know <laughs> if I were.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you you studied uh american literature i believe in in, in your university uh, you have written and spoken yeah. about uh, how much african-american also black caribbean authors have uh, inspired you along the way um i notably see a, a, a clear echo in the way you you explore in your writings in fiction or otherwise uh many elements of you know that compose the the, the imaginary of the african diaspora Uh, the matter of African origins for Black communities in the Americas and Europe, uh, the issue of belonging for Africans abroad, uh, recurrent topics in your fiction, and of course in your essays. Uh, Could you tell us more about how these topics may inform the way you write and also what you write about?
1: I I, I don't know if I can really answer that, because this is is a, uh, a scholar's view of my work. It's mm-hmm. never my intention when I write to, to do those things or to, or even to write about those uh, issues. Uh, I, I, I always think that I am writing a story about family and then people come and tell me, no, that the story is about colonization. It's about slavery. It's about <laughs> identity. And well, people are free to read it as they please. So I, you know... I don't defend myself. But I think that um, being born in Africa, in post-colonial Africa, uh, in the 70s, uh, in a country that had uh, both French and English as official languages, uh, being bred only in the French language when I was while I was growing up in Africa. You know, there's a lot of, all this makes you a rather peculiar individual. And of course, the way you will approach uh, writing or anything creative um, will certainly have to deal with, even if you do not, even unconsciously. It have to it it has to deal with uh, how uh, do we make um, what do we make of our you know um, identities when it is when they're so uh, uh, complex you know what am I uh am i more african what kind of, what kind of african I, I, am i uh when i grew up in a in a um, you know a family where everybody spoke only french uh um, what kind of uh, black person am i uh if my uh, imagination uh Uh, blends so many cultures so many languages where do I fit in Uh, you know so even if you don't ask yourself those questions consciously I assume that they will uh, appear in your work Uh, so I uh, in the beginning uh, I, I did not really have any intention of producing a political type of novel writing. Uh, I I think that it happened just because when you are a a black African girl, your, your existence is political. Your existence is political. What has created your being in the world uh, is so political that you cannot avoid it. So I, um, I'm always convinced convinced that, that I am writing about intimacy, family, but it appears that our intimacies and family uh, stories are, you know, influenced by the, the, you know. The, the, the broader political history. So you know it's just normal that it comes to uh 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 do you say irrigate in English? Yes, because I, I speak a so. very beautiful French. I I was about to say irrigate, you yes. know, like <laughs> water that like a streams. Like mm-hmm. a stream that comes in, the, you know, to nurture your your the earth, even unconsciously. So I, I think that all these topics have appear in our writings, whether we are Africans, caribbeans or, or you know, um, black people from the Americas, just because you, we have such a particular history. And we cannot avoid it. It's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Just part of who we are.
0: Yeah, this to me uh, echoes um, um, words spoken by by Toni Morrison in one of her speeches that, that became a, an essay uh, where she mentions you know that the history of, of Black writing in the U.S. Uh, implied for a long time sort of avoiding uh, the parcel, the emotional, because so much of it was uh, intertwined with politics, right? Uh, so even when people were writing in the first person, like say Frederick Douglass, uh, she says there was a very very dedicated effort at avoiding interiority, uh, so as not to sort of take away from from the politics of it. And so she always she describes her own practice as sort of trying to to reverse the thing, uh, while acknowledging, as you just did, that it is also intrinsically political, right? Even the reversal yes. in of itself. Um, of course, she's talking about a very, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, very, um, very specific situation, right, the, 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 uh, for the African-American community. Um, how do you feel it compares to you as, as an African woman who, who started writing while, while living in France and, and writing in French? I mean, there are many comparable aspects, as you started talking about. Um, but the position of, of African writers in France is also is also very, very different.
1: Well, I did not start writing in France. Oh, I mean, p- publishing. Yes, <laughs> I started I publishing in France, but France did not make me, and it right. did not uh, change me a lot. You know, I was smart before I came there. <laughs> I was, br- I, I was even brilliant before I went there. So I, you know, I stayed myself. I just bettered, <laughs> just became better. Uh, 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 with time, but I think that uh, blackness itself is, uh, you know, a very uh, specific human adventure, and even uh, yeah. even if it doesn't have the same meaning when you grow up in Sub-Saharan Africa, because uh, everyone. The majority being black, it's not uh, it's not the same as being a minority in the Western world. When uh, when when you write, it is because you have read. You have read most of the time. Writing is, uh, um, you know, a form of a sequel of the the passion. Of reading. And what can you read when you're a teenage girl in the 80s growing up in Africa? Well, you don't read a lot of African writers. You read some, of course, through uh, school, but the majority of the literature, the, the, the writers you come across, are not uh, from from Africa, especially if you if you read in French. So um, you read about a world that does not know you. That is not so so much interested in knowing you, a world nevertheless that has a very powerful history with you, but you're not in the books. So. Uh, I think it um, it shapes uh, the kind of relationship that you will have with the world, uh, even before you uh, travel to Europe. You know uh, that you are not perceived as an equal, you know uh, that uh, people think that are better than you, that they brought you civilization, that uh, you know, you had no culture, you brought nothing to the world before they came and made you human. So, you know, that even before uh, going to uh, to Europe and the things you know, the things you have experienced be- 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 because there are white people in Africa, you know, you, you see them before you. you-, you- you meet them in their own countries um, and you see the way they behave. You see the way they treat people around them. You see how privileged they, ha- they are and how ignorant also. So um, when you get there, uh, it is just another, um, another aspect of the western mentality that re- that is revealed to you but you already know that uh, your place in the world has to be conquered that you still have to claim a lot of things that are supposed to be natural just because you're you a person those things are supposed to be natural but they're not for you so even if you don't think about all those things uh, constantly, they, uh, you know, they they inhabit every 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 kind of creative activity that you are willing to um, embrace. So it's it's not even a choice. I don't think we 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 sit around and decide that uh, we want to write a uh, a love story between. To uh, uh, Africans, because the world has never seen such a story, and it, it will it will become so political. It will be political anyway, because such things are not even allowed to you. So when I write about uh, family intimacy, I I do, I, I do that because. These are very classic uh, matters for any writer in the world. They just become different because I'm African, and because of the way that Africa uh, is uh, is viewed. You know, uh, African lovemaking is never just lovemaking, <laughs> and African family is ne- it's just is never just a family. So you, we know that, but what are we supposed to do? Uh, I think it's important to write about um, what is uh, emotional, personal, because it is the part of ourselves that was uh, uh, in a way robbed from us. You know, uh, when you're colonized, when you're colonized or enslaved, uh, you, you become just a body, and not a body uh, that feels, a body uh, that is supposed to, uh, to work, a, a tool, you're a tool. So if we want to retrieve our uh, humanity, it's important to work, on the inner life of the being. And that's what I do. And that's what writers do all over the world. So, but it just becomes so specific because it's us. And because uh, until today, Africa is not totally free. Africa has not been um, uh, restored to her place in the world. So especially French speaking Africa and uh <laughs> so you know everything we do is very political because of all that but we're just you know plain human beings
0: <laughs> so uh brings me to, to to your related question um so you know that that literature is 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 political as as you pointed out doesn't necessarily means that that writing is politics right i mean those those can be very uh everything yeah. right uh and 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 you, you, correct me if i'm wrong but in in you know interventions on tv and some of your writing uh, i sense uh um, if not wariness, at least some skepticism for for uh, mass movements right and, and I, in some cases you've spoken about this um you you um, there's much about you know i'm thinking for example uh, you know maybe in particular of the short story uh, Afro and soul that that really stages this sort oh, of yeah, uh, you have
1: read it you yeah. read it
0: uh, the sort of and and you know well we don't have to talk about the movement who I think you very clearly describe in this story but you know it stages sort of a, a contrast between um, you know an individual soul searching and you know the potential problems with mass movements right I mean at least at some level um, and yet it's really hard to do politics without groups and so I'm just curious if you see uh, your, your writing featuring in you know. Uh, or how it might you might feature on the politics side of things, as opposed to being political, or if you you know or maybe you don't see that as 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 uh, something you you should be thinking about at all as an author.
1: You mean my fiction writing or the the, the essays? Uh, e- either one or both. Well, that's not even my choice. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people read my work, and. Uh... <laughs> A lot of activists read my work and it's good, you know. Uh, when you um, when you write, you, you do it alone, you do it on your own and uh, you spend a, many many hours writing on your own and it's just very rewarding that people you know uh, um, um, recognize themselves, so powerfully in your work, that the uh, appropriated to the, uh, you know, to use it in their uh, political you know uh, movements or uh, actions. Uh, uh, I would never complain about that, but I it's not my call to say that the work has to become, well, what people will make of it. You know, I, it's not my call to say I'm just here to write uh but but uh, returning to that particular uh, short story in the um, collection, uh, Soul, the african Soul mm-hmm. Collection. Uh, the main character in that story is a peculiar character that one will encounter a couple of times in my work. and he's uh, a person who is afraid of the community of the group he is ne- he is never known that uh and actually you find him again in uh, twilight of term 2 it's amok mm-hmm. so it's that that particular character who has a problem with uh joining the others and who is all, always very skeptical about uh about the group, about politics, about revolution, but uh, he does not embody uh, each and every character in my. <laughs> I have, I have, I have activists as well. I have many, many, a, 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 a very wide range of, uh, you know, sensitivities, of political sensitivities. Um, in my books, so I, you know, people should should read to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> my characters often disagree, so right, and I, I, very often disagrees with, uh, you know, the 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 more uh, revolutionary uh, brand of, uh, you know, of the community. But, uh, I love I love both I love bo- both the, sex, the the skeptical and the revolutionary. I understand them both. Uh, I, I know why uh, they they're, they're so different, why they feel the way they do. And it's my uh, it's my job as a writer to put them together in a story so so we can you know reflect, on our um, our differences and uh, you know think about the way uh, even even we even when we feel so different the, the necessity and many ways to come together or at least not to uh sabotage <laughs> Uh, each other <laughs>
0: um so th- this is related and and it goes to um to to uh, the, the original question you asked me when you made the difference between fiction and, and nonfiction. uh you use both in in fiction so with Afropian, so and also in your non-fiction this term so afropean so which you've defined in sub- well in natural story for example as a uh, european of african descent uh, something yeah. you, you do not identify with yourself, you know, being Cameroonian, obviously. Um, the term itself and, and the ways you, you can employ it, to me, obviously, echo uh, the famous uh, opening line of uh, Paul Gilroy's Black Atlantic. Uh, I'm quoting, uh, striving to be both European and Black requires some specific forms of double consciousness. And he goes on to to treat uh, many uh, topics that, that that are clearly of interest to you as well. Uh, in Afropea, uh, utopie post occidentale et post-raciste, uh, you pro- rather provocatively called for uh, to say goodbye to the black race uh, to dream to no longer carry colonial history and go beyond it. And I'm translating. Um, I'd be curious to, to hear more about this uh, because you know I I should identify as uh, Afropean. a Caribbean. I grew up and was born in France. I have a Caribbean uh, family um, and. I guess you know the idea of of no longer carrying colonial history, uh, sort of uh, you know uh, puzzles me, right? Because you know I'm also still expected to to carry everything else in French history. So, <laughs> so why why is that the part that well, uh, that we should should get beyond? Well,
1: it's not about uh, getting rid of our history. We can't we can't do that, but. Uh, And, of course, I know that, especially in the younger generation, I will not make a lot of friends saying that we should get rid of the black race. But still, try to hear me out, even if you don't agree. Uh, You know, before anybody came to Africa and, and, uh, you know, uh, called us blacks, it was uh, nobody's definition of self. And for a very simple reason, uh, is that even in Africa, uh, purity is white. Uh, The spirit is white. When you, um, uh, and dirt is uh, black. Uh, uh, danger is black. Uh, you know, a lot of things negative, even in our native languages in Africa, if we still uh, master those languages, we'll see very easily that what is black is in a way universally uh, negative and there's no way that our ancestors would have themselves decided to locate their identities sense of self humanity in that world when it was coined to uh name us it was not only because of the color of our skin it was the, uh, in order to uh, uh, give us a place in the world, uh, give us a a place in the you know that ladder of human races, and we're at the bottom. Um, and uh, beyond that, I think it's very important to name yourself and not to um, struggle to uh, inhabit a uh, uh, negative uh, designation that was forced upon you and your ancestors just to, uh, you know, to lower you at the maximum you know so uh getting rid of the black race uh does not mean that we could uh erase uh the the pain the history of pain the struggle uh that we could er- erase the the uh, 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 powerful uh, uh, ability that people of African descent had uh, in the, the, the Caribbean of the, or the Americas, generally, to uh, invent, to reinvent uh, Africa where they were, to create new uh, cultures. Uh, spiritualities uh, that were were not there before. Uh, It is not to negate all that. It is just to to remind us that in fact, all the struggle has been to, uh, uh, um, how to put it uh, nicely to uh to to claim precisely what was uh uh um uh, um français je trouve pas le what was denied what was denied what was this denied us uh by the name black what was it? What was it? And and, and for people who speak French, um, French-speaking people, it's very easy to understand what I'm saying because France is the only French is the only language in the world that uh, puts a a racial. Um, 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 Uh, designation to the slave trade. When you name it in French, it is not the slave trade. You know, the slaves are Blacks and they're only Black. (laughs) And it's for a reason. It's for a reason. So, uh, you know, I would be so happy if we were able to, you know, not only... Um, create our own designations but to impose those uh, designations to the world and not try to um, render, to give a form of beauty uh, to something that was and that will remain uh, both an insult and an injury because why for us, black may mean something. For the world, uh, the world we, the, the word will still uh, convey the same negative <laughs> meanings it's always had. So it was just about that. but I'm not who am I? I'm not here to compel you if you can't. I'm just offering, a way out and offering a, uh, you know, um, I'm very much about reclaiming our power. I'm very much about that. That's my goal in life, the power. And uh, reclaiming our power for me is uh, also a matter of how we name ourselves. And even Afropea and Afropian is not totally a word that comes from us, that comes from the, person, the, the people who, who use it. And for me, it's really a problem. Is it because I'm a writer that I'm so focused on uh, the word, on, on the naming? Uh, I don't think so. I think that he who has the power to name controls, controls you. Uh, we spoke about Africa a while ago. Africa was named from outside. It was, uh, uh, you know, the countries were, were formed, uh, the countries as we know them today were formed for, from outside. Uh, the names we, we bear, uh, our country's names Uh, Even sometimes uh, uh, the tribal names that we have were created abroad. And you can see how uh, the fact that in a way you do not own your own reality, uh, you can see the chaos that uh, we're in since, uh, you know, it's been a, a few centuries now. And for me, I think that uh, naming, reclaiming, and to, to, to have authority on the way people will call you is very important. It is very important. And they know it's, <laughs> in the West they know it's, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, this really makes it. me
0: think of something that's at the, the intersection of, of uh, our previous conversation and, and my next question. So I'm going to try to to package this nicely. Uh, uh, the point you made about the way the French called, you know, traite négrière, uh, to me, is interesting because, of course, that was the official trait Traite
1: négrière or traite des noirs. Right. Which, Which... Is even more clearer. Traite des
0: noirs is, you know. In broad daylight, <laughs> yeah, it, but but historically, it's an interesting thing. So I work on on the Haitian Revolution a lot, and uh, one thing that happens, uh, you know, uh, around uh, around the first constitution of Haiti, is of course, when you know the article that declares all Haitians black, and, and they say they use yes. the term noir by by express con- uh, opposition to neg, which has become again the official term for under Napoleon, right during the French Revolution. They moved to using noir instead of neg to make the distinction between, you know, the term that is uh, neg at the time, which is equivalent to slave, and noir, which would be uh, a, not not an insult at least for a minute there, and mm-hmm. that is the term that the Haitian the Haitian Constitution uses in French, right? And so we get to, to back to to the point you were making, yes. which is that you know it's a, yes, it's a language. It's, it's, that, it's, uh, it's okay only ahead.
1: the African the the Haitian Revolution and. I don't know if you speak, uh, Asian Creole, but in understand. Asian Creole, uh, uh, negra is not neg. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it means human being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, they have been revolutionary in every way, in every way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you read that constitution closely, uh, you made to understand that they have, in fact, uh, um, stripped the word the, the word "black," of its colonial meaning, mm-hmm. since it's it now applies to people who are not black.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Yes, but they're, 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 it's very unique. It's very Indeed. unique. Yes, it's very unique. And mm-hmm. now, tell me, what is the uh intellectual power of 80 today to impose that view
0: on the world on the world well i i personally like to think that it it did inspire it, much of what we're talking about right now actually you know i mean when we talk yeah. about uh you know uh, you know, uh, Black Pride and Black Power and things. You know, again, that are not you know, uh, you know, necessarily uh, universally uh, uncured. Very few people know know about that. Sure, know about that aspect of the
1: you know the, the Asian mm-hmm. Revolution. And it, it it really, you you can't tell me that it has an impact on the way that uh, Black people are viewed in uh, the Arab world, for instance, or in China or in India. Mm-hmm. But the way that they are perceived in the Western world does has an it has an impact because it is the West that you know colonized everyone and you know <laughs> left his uh, it's it's mark on you know everybody's uh, worldview in a way no matter what people say. Yeah, every banker in the world wears a uh a western suit with no question, with very few exceptions. So uh, let's you know, let's not fool ourselves yeah
0: <laughs> Well, um, I mean, I think you know, to me it connects to to something you you started uh, talking about. You mentioned you know uh. A linguistic and, uh, aspect of things and, and, and languages. And of course, you know, Cameroon was once colonized by France, uh, gained independence in, in in a world that most French people have never heard about, uh, for that matter, which is another uh, when we talk about history and, and the way it, it does, you know, uh, survive or not. Um, you know, part of the country used to be under English colonial mandate, and these linguistic different differences certainly resonate to this day, uh, notably in the in the so-called anglophone crisis, for example, if only the, the name of it. Uh, your novels, uh, and that's very clear in the, in their translation at Seagull as well, uh, that contain short uh, glossaries, right? Um, I'm thinking about the ones you know, accounting for uh, uh, camp franglais uh, which you define as Cameroonian Pigeon at the crossroads of indigenous languages and colonial languages. Uh, I saw a similar attention to languages in Season of the Shadow, also as Eagle. Um, And in, in that novel, just quickly for, uh, to use one, one uh, small example, as we see a character is moving closer uh, from the interior to the coast, they encounter new linguistic communities, uh, from Africa, but also abroad, of course, and, and there's really uh, close attention uh, constantly in your writing to to this issue of, of languages and and how they may impact, well, the way people express themselves, communicate, of course, but also think. We we, we just were talking about. Um, I'm just curious, you you know, um, maybe can, can you can you tell us a bit more what what you mean to, to convey uh, with this attention to to a variety of languages. Um, you know, I'm sure this means something to you as as a person, as a writer, as, uh, as, as it may for, for, for a lot of people. Uh, then again, uh, you know, when we speak of France, we speak of a country where a lot of people only speak one language. Uh, so this sort yes, of...
1: Uh, uh, um... it's starting to change. Oh, it's starting to change. <laughs> the French are evolving. <laughs> and, um, well, you know, I think um, my attention to language... Um, comes from the fact that uh, when I was little, I was, uh, you know, um, surrounded by people who uh, only spoke French to me, even my grandparents. Uh, But when they spoke together and they didn't want me to understand, they used what was supposed to have been my mother tongue my ancestral language, and I um, eventually learned it on my own because I wanted to, to know what the, conversa- the uh, those conversations that is- excluded me were about. And when you uh, speak uh, various languages, you are made to acknowledge that languages are not just different because of the way they sound um and they're, they're not just useful because they help you uh communi- communicate with um uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people uh each language uh, carries a world view for example in france there's um you know uh, the, 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 there's a, a form of controversy these days about uh, gender in language, uh, and it appears that for a lot of uh, uh, activists, feminists, uh, the French uh, French language, as it is used, it is a, it's a it, as it has been used uh, until now, uh, say, uh, maybe two centuries now, uh, is uh, a, uh, you know, uh, uh, diminishes the importance of the feminine, thus the importance of women. Uh, But such a problem does not exist in many African languages because there's no gender. And if there's no gender in those languages, it's not because the languages don't know that there's a feminine sensitivity that women exist, not at all. It is just because they view the world very differently. So if we... um, Uh, lose those languages, if they are erased, if they vanished, if they vanish, if they disappear. It is a um, a way to understand human life that is no more available. And I think that uh, the idea of languages with no gender should be so precious today with all our uh, uh, questions around uh, 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 sexual identity, gender, you know, it's important to know that people uh, have had a very different perception of all those things while uh, not erasing the masculine or the feminine. in most african language languages for for example a table will have no gender but it has in french it does <laughs> table is feminine in french <laughs> a child in uh, many african languages when you say when you just say child there's no gender you have to say boy or girl in order to you know make a difference, uh, so languages are important, are important uh, for the way they um help us to uh, think differently and you know, to broaden our own uh, uh, ability to understand things and to share the world with with others. Uh, So, yes, for me, it's a a very um, important matter, maybe because also I come from a region of the world where uh, local languages are threatened. A lot of African languages are about to disappear in the years to come because, you know, they're not in use because they have no political importance or power. Uh, and it's it, it also means that, in uh, the way um, that um, the many, many African identities will express themselves in the future, there will remain very little of what was before, what used to be before we were colonized and called Black, African, and and so on. So, uh, yes, for me, it's important, very important.
0: Yeah, it makes me think of, you know, know, other places where I've seen you engage with uh, the term and the idea of, of francophonie, which... Uh, is is perpetually, I mean, tends to be really weird outside of of the Francophone circles. Right? Uh, the it, it is, it is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> a very, very, I mean, a very, very, uh, you know, essentially uh, colonial rapport to, to language and, and to writing. Um, and it's funny because, you know, I was recently teaching a, a course in, in American literature. And discussing, you know, how and when American American scholars and writers started saying, "Well, our literature in English is not English literature, right? Like we're separate. We, we write in a somewhat similar language, but this is ours, And you know, we we have not, you know, we're not England, right? Uh, something that you know, again, francophonie sort of constantly appears to want to negate. And you you've spoken of uh, Afrophony, and I'm wondering to uh, to what extent you related to uh, what we were just talking about, and also again, this effort, like in your in your novels, to um, sort of you know include um, include might not be the term, but but to uh, to show right like uh, uh, African languages, African uh, uh, terminology, um, and also those contact languages, right, Cam français uh, in texts that otherwise are celebrated as you know francophone uh, novels. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just curious if you could uh, maybe say a little more about what you mean by uh, Afrophony and uh, by contrast to Funkophony.
1: Afrophony um, spoke about not uh, the language we, we are made to speak per se, but uh, it was the idea that we are able to use that language in order... To uh, reach and uh, engage in in conversations with other people of African descent, uh, and that the conversation the conversations should be not about the our our languages, but the content of the discourse that we want to you know um have between us and uh, have the world hear about us so uh if i am a frank speaking person and i'm interested in you know talking with um uh people of african descent who speak english or portuguese or you know any other language uh what is really important for me is that we um, create a space where our conversations are rendered uh, possible or made possible. Uh, I don't think we'll have uh, uh, too much difficulty to, uh, yeah, learn the other's language, or to translate if necessary, just in order to uh, uh, make the conversation happen. The, that's what for me is important. Uh, how, how can we use those languages that were forced on us? How can we use them at our benefits? That's, that's the only thing that I'm interested in. Uh, and the, the the relationship, the very special relationship that France has to what she still thinks is her language, her possession, it should not concern us. That's not her, our problem. That's not our problem. When we were born in our various countries in sub-Saharan Africa, those languages were there, already in use, and uh, we would be it would be foolish not to keep them and to use it our at our benefit, while at the same time uh, doing the best we can to uh, salvage uh, the local languages that are very threatened these days, uh, and even more so in the years to come. So for me, it's about uh, how are we able, using those languages, how are we able to connect and to uh, 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 relocate the centers of power as far as our experiences are concerned, and as far as our goals for the future also are are concerned, and uh, you know, knowing some English because now uh, my uh, spoken English has weakened a lot because I've been corrupt by the French as stayed. But they do <laughs> in France in France too long for too long, but uh being able to hold a, a conversation in some English allows me um, to connect with people in India, uh, Australia, uh, a lot of places in the world. So you know, I do not at all resent the English for spreading their language all around the world and uh, you know, english being a very successful colonial language it also damages the language it, itself in a, in various ways because uh, we use it as we please with our accents with our vocabulary sometimes and you know which we, we should just uh, feel free and comfortable about you know the language issue. Uh, it will be what we make of it. <laughs> That's what I think.
0: So we're celebrating the translation of your, your novels uh, in English uh, at Seagull. Um, and so I'm I'm curious, does that mean we will see you uh, on American shores uh, pretty soon? Um, and also, I'm curious what you're working on right now that, that may or may not also... <laughs> Well, the first part of your question depends on whoever
1: wants to invite me. I will come. <laughs> <laughs> Gladly. And uh, what will you read? Uh, uh, oh, shortly, an essay on whiteness, because I think that uh, the, the, the real problem in the world today is whiteness. <laughs> but I had to. <laughs> I had to write my piece on whiteness and it's, uh, it's being released uh, uh, in October, early October in France. Mm-hmm. So I'll be there to, to, to ask questions about whiteness. Because I think that uh, uh, to be serious uh, uh, for one minute, uh, black people, we have reflected so much on blackness. We have written so much. Uh, the missing part of the conversation now is whiteness. And um, the white folks, uh, especially in Europe, and particularly in France, uh, do not want to engage that you know, conversation. They don't even want to be labeled as white so I, I think that for the years to come the, the, the decades to come that's the, converse, the conversation that we should have and it, um, for Africans and people of African descent it's important also because um, as I said before that my, uh, I was very much interested in power it gives us more power to uh, uh, express ourself, ourselves ourselves uh, on history, politics, and not from the standpoint of the victim. We also allow we allow ourselves to give you a name. And to explain to you what was the what is the meaning of that name and what is the your place in the world if you bear that name, uh, uh it's very important because uh, those who do not want to be perceived as whites when they are, and it's not our making, uh. It is because they know that once you enter a uh, a, a racial category, I'm talking especially about Europe here. They know that when you enter a racial category, you are no more. And you, how to say it? You have you you are no more a universal uh, creature. You are like the others something, someone, something specific, and something limited. And of course, it is not very appealing. That is also bec- the reason why I wanted us to get rid of the black race because. Mm-hmm. It's specific, limited, unappealing. even for us, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it, uh, it robs you of an, an enormous amount of power to be just in that little box. When you were something so huge before you were reduced to, to what is now called likeness. And it's the same thing with white people. If we think about it uh, closely, it's a that that uh, new essay is a uh, it's the beginning of something that will have to be. Uh, I will come to grips to, uh, with that in the years to come. It has to. It has to uh, take time. It has to be. Um, Creuser. how do you say because <laughs> I know you can speak French Gregory so. yes, I <laughs> All right, uh, Leonora, when I know I people am... speak French it's difficult to
0: speak English <laughs> I try to go back and fr- I try to translate myself <laughs> uh, so thank you thank you very much for this conversation for uh, Book Rising the podcast it was a pleasure to speak to you uh, I am told we're about out of time so um so thank ah, you. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what I see. <laughs> thank that's
1: you for having me again. <laughs> and I well hope, thanks, for, uh... thanks
0: for coming. And yeah, I hope uh I hope we'll see you we'll see you on this side of the ocean pretty soon.
1: Very easy,
0: invite me. A
1: <laughs> ah. <laughs> yes, um, bientôt. <laughs>